0: Welcome to the David Glenn Show. Hope you had a fantastic weekend in the wild and wacky world of sports and beyond. We have some fun in store for you today, including a little game we play. As we are heard in almost 300 North Carolina cities and towns and elsewhere around the world, game call we, a game we like to call best and worst of the weekend. It allows for my crazy rants and musings on, among other things, the Houston Astros' big weekend at the World Series at the expense of the they might have thought they had it Washington Nationals. What was an 0 2 deficit for Houston is now a 3 2 lead for the Astros. The DC fans had never seen a victory in the name of washington nationals in that city they hadn't even seen any game in the world series in almost a century played there the old senators did win one 95 years ago they showed up three times they went home with losses all three times the home fans some of them leaving early for the parking lot we will talk baseball we of course have a lot of nfl nick bosa and the san francisco 49ers are among the best of their trouncing of the Carolina Panthers left. Not only the young quarterback, Kyle Allen, but he had plenty of company. It was a team effort as the Panthers went down 51 to 13. That was Kyle Allen's first loss as an NFL starter. It of course will rejuvenate the Cam Newton when he's really healthy again, versus Kyle Allen who should start next debate. There were seven sacks of Allen. There were three interceptions of Allen. Bosa, an edge rusher, had three of the sacks and one of the interceptions. After dodging a cut block like a ballerina, Nick Bosa and the Niners, Bill Belichick, and the Patriots are the only other undefeated team. Belichick did get career win number 300. That is rarefied air, for example, for baseball pitchers. It is also rarefied air for NFL head coaches. Belichick joins Don Shula and George Hallis as the only in the 300-win club in terms of NFL head coaching victories. It was Patriots over the Cleveland Browns. Cleveland joined a long list of worst of the weekend, Panthers included, Washington, Atlanta, Cincinnati still hasn't won, the Giants and the Jets. The way the Bucs and the Bears lost this weekend, the way the Browns have fallen way short of preseason hype, Belichick and the Patriots, Bosa and the Niners, best of the weekend, they were joined by, among others, Deshaun Watson and the Texans, Aaron Rodgers and the Packers, for reasons we'll get into. Drew Brees is back in New Orleans, and the Saints continue to win. They are 7-1 and one after crushing Arizona. Old friend Gardner Minshew, formerly of ECU, was the best of the weekend. Another big game for Jacksonville. The Jaguars probably aren't going anywhere but Gardner Minshew of ECU and Washington State continues to make a name for himself. We have a lot of college football to discuss. We were there for the thrilling, I can't believe what I just saw at either end of the field, Carolina win over Duke. That was our most recent stop on the Big Tailgate Tour. For the record, as LSU beat Auburn, one of the best college football wins of the weekend. Alabama won again, of course. Ohio State beat Wisconsin. The Buckeyes, another of the more impressive win. They play a ranked Badgers team and pummel them 38-7. Clemson wins big as expected over BC. Penn State is still undefeated. Baylor and Minnesota remain unbeaten. And in the group of five, SMU and App State fit that description. The Mountaineers 7-0 under first-year coach Eli Drinkwitz after crushing South Alabama. For the record, in addition to those nine FBS teams, the big tailgate tours host schools remain undefeated. The calendar is about to turn to November. As I say hello to my producer, Darren Vaught, he was with me for the festivities in Chapel Hill, on Franklin Street, and otherwise. It was a wild weekend for me, Darren. The lovely and talented Maria is still in Prague, Czech Republic from what I've been told, one of the great cities in all of Europe. I've been to London. I've been to Paris multiple times. I've been elsewhere in Europe. Never been to Prague. So I'm just getting secondhand feedback from the lovely and talented Maria. Meanwhile, a bunch of my fraternity brothers descended upon the great state of North Carolina, including for the golf tournament that made me miss Friday's show. Let's just say that it was a big weekend on the field. And if I have a gravelly or scratchy voice... If there was a game I would have otherwise seen that I did not see this weekend, as you nominate the North Carolina Courage Best of the Weekend, I was actually there for that one at Salem Stadium in Kerry as the North Carolina Courage win another NWSL title. I was not there for the Canes victory over the Blackhawks best of the weekend. Peter Morazic with the shutout, Andre Svechnikov with a couple of goals. Canes hosting Calgary tomorrow night. I may see you there. Dwight Howard and the Lakers are a best of the weekend from the NBA. Tiger Woods won again on the PGA Tour, tying the legendary Sam Snead with 82 PGA wins. The Astros, of course, a lot more NFL and college football. If I missed anything that I otherwise would have gotten, I'm just playing the not only were my fraternity brothers in town, many of them stayed with me card. All right. So if I forget <laughs> anything, Darren, it's because of them. If I missed a game, it's because of them. Anything that goes wrong, it's because of them. Anything that goes right, we'll just credit to you and the interns. Is that a fair way to treat it as we invite (laughs) everybody's calls? 1-800-849-2761. Jordan Gross, the legendary Panthers offensive lineman and Panthers radio analyst, will join us in about 60 minutes less to start our number two. Paul Riley is the head coach of the North Carolina Courage. We have had Jess McDonald and Abby Dahlkemper and you name it, Sam Mewis of the U.S. women's national team, also a Courage star. We've had Coach Riley on the show before as well. But shout-out to Steve Malik, our recent guest, the owner of the team. Saw Austin Deleuze, the recently retired Uh, superstar and man about town from the North Carolina Courage men's team, also owned by Steve and his crew. Congrats to Kurt Johnson, the GM, another guest on our show over the years, incredibly knowledgeable soccer guy. Uh, We've had, I think, most of the players, including Heather O'Reilly, who stepped into retirement in style? I mean, she has World Cup. She has everything you can possibly win. The former UNC star, I think, has won. So she got a nice standing O. I was there. It was a record crowd, ten thousand plus. You have called soccer matches in that stadium, and it's it was at max capacity. It was it looked to be overflowing. So ten thousand plus, a record crowd, as the North Carolina Courage win another title. That I saw. Carolina over Duke. I saw. The Panthers losing really drubbing style to the 49ers. I actually had to DVR because I had a lot of other responsibilities this weekend. Let's just say I didn't go back and splice every play after seeing that it was San Francisco <laughs> 51, the notes. Yeah. Carolina 13. There's a lot to discuss there. You know our question to you, what was the best thing you saw anywhere in the sports universe and what made it that? What was the worst thing you saw anywhere in the sports universe and what made it that? I have your tweets and emails. There's a lot from the World Series, college football, the NFL and a smattering from the rest of the universe, golf, NASCAR, hockey, soccer, you name it, you can be next at 1-800-849-2761. Now, you were with me for most of the Big Tailgate Tour. For the record, we go to Elon this week. We always love to hit some FCS schools. The Phoenix have become a huge part of the David Glenn Show, so we're looking forward to heading to Elon, North Carolina, and Elon University. I'm guaranteeing a Phoenix win. Coach Trish will love that, right? Elon, really? I don't know. You no, know, I mean, I'm rolling my <laughs> eyes. Coaches never like Gary. What's he doing putting up bulletin board material for somebody else for? The Phoenix are good under their first-year coach, their elevated mastermind defensive coordinator. We're great friends with the Elon 7AM tailgate crew, uh, tailgated the year winners of the past. I'm actually getting them to a Canes game uh, next month. Really looking forward to that. We're going to have them in studio as well. So we'll see them on Saturday. For the record... We demand and expect that Elon keeps us undefeated. Now, we lack a data point, Darren. Like Notre Dame, which lacks a conference championship game, I don't know if we can say that when we go to the ACC football title game with the big tailgate tour, driven by Continental Tire, uh, can we call that a data point? Because we don't, <laughs> yeah, we even, don't have a conference championship game. because there's Clemson, not a host team, right? That it's one. Clemson against somebody yeah. in all likelihood, unless the Demon Deacons pull the surprise of the season and beat the Tigers head to head a little bit later. Wouldn't that be fun? I don't know how that's going to play into the committee's mindset. But for the record, as the calendar turns to November, we are undefeated. The host schools, the Tar Heels tried to give it away to the Duke Blue Devils. <laughs> I was there on the field for that fumble on first down at the three. Holy cow. Shout out to Chaz Surratt for the ballerina acrobat style interception on the attempted jump pass by Duke at the other end of the field late in regulation. There was a crazy postgame scene with a Carolina lineman and David Cutcliffe pushing him away to get away from where the Devils were headed to the tunnel. It was chaotic, while the clock was still ticking, and then it got chaotic even more so when the Tar Heels were reaching for the victory bell. Remember, Duke had won three in a row, so those Tar Heel players seeking a bowl in year one part two of Mac Brown, but also trying to turn that rivalry back around. Carolina had won 21 out of 22 at one point. And then lately, under David Cutcliffe, the shoe has been on the other foot. So congratulations to the Tar Heels, Mac Brown, Chaz Surratt, once again the star. The Surratt family is having as good a year as anybody in college football. Sage Surratt, the whiteout at Wake Forest. Like, we need to have mom or dad or both on the show. It's crazy at this point. They are two of the stars, two of the biggest immediate impact, if you will, splash players, Chaz, the former quarterback for the Tar Heels, now a star linebacker, like an all-ACC candidate after a rare position conversion. Sage Surratt was the midseason ACC Offensive Player of the Year. Wake Forest catching balls from Jamie Newman and Sam Hartman. What an amazing football family and worth celebrating once again given the events of the weekend. Quick shout-outs. Darren, you were with me on Franklin Street as I not only continued to sizzle from the Continental Tire Toss perspective, we had boosters, supporters, loyal listeners from all over the country stop by. We even had hecklers. We had hecklers on Franklin Street. <laughs> I was heckled right at the end. We're, like, ready to pick up, the, pack up the tent. I'm headed into Keenan Stadium. I got heckled. I did, for the record, tamper down the hecklers. As the heckling ramped up, I found ways to quiet the hecklers. Everybody went home happy. There were no arrests or f- unsportsmanlike conduct flags that I saw you did not see all of these folks but I know you share my shout out to Linda Butler and Gene Neville of course lovely ladies from the winning tailgate crew Martha and Will Aldridge were the mom and dad in that extravaganza. The Aldridge tailgate really close to the bell tower there on the way to Keenan Stadium. Congratulations to them for tailgate of the week honors. That, of course, qualifies them automatically for the season-ending tailgate of the year honor. Linda and Jean were cool. I mean, they would be fun to hang out with, ladies, no? Yeah, uh, no doubt about it. A lot of nice compliments toward the show. And a shout-out, I don't remember if you were still with me at this point, because, you know, you have a busy life and your own things to do. Jonathan Bass of Hillsboro, North Carolina, is a longtime listener of ours. I don't think you were with me when he said hello. He is based in Germany in, as a member of the United States Armed Forces. Is home on leave. Got to take photos of the Tar Heels of, against the Blue Devils. I saw him field side and then up in the press box as well. He says that whenever he hears, you know, that we're live in almost 300 North Carolina cities and towns, he's like, DG, man, don't forget, you are truly heard around the world, <laughs> including at his uh, military base in Germany. So we thank him for that loyalty. Also saw the Cood family again. Oh yeah. Dad, Dean, mom, Lisa, their they're lovely at like, daughters. three quarters of tailgate tour stops, there's right? A, Don't they have com- allegiances with dudes. their family? Oh, they're the phenomenal. Multiple schools. We see them at App State, <laughs> UNC. Yeah. Couple guys lingering around the cooed daughters can never remember their names. Figure <laughs> I mean, one of them's now the husband. But if you meet if you meet mom and dad cood and their daughters you'd understand why everything else is really just a blur at that (laughs) point. The Carolina Panthers, worst of the weekend. The Washington Nationals, worst of the weekend. Three straight losses at home. Carolina over Duke. Dwight Howard and Tiger Woods sightings this weekend. Great quarterback play, but not for your Panthers. What was the best thing you saw anywhere in the sports universe? What was the worst thing you saw anywhere in the sports universe and what made it that? For the record, thanks to David Jackson, the longtime voice of the At-State Mountaineers. He was here Friday. I want to thank, uh, as we come to your calls, you know, you met my friend Mike Walsh, fraternity brother, who sadly went from, you know, going out to dinner and enjoying a Hurricanes game with me back in, I think it was March, healthy as you or I sitting here right now. Yeah. Uh, you met his son. You heard a little bit of crazy stories about the old fraternity well, days. Well, and- as I explained on the show Friday, as DJ and I were explaining where you were and what you were doing, I was there for, for sort of like the reunion Were you there for the tears? You and Mike Walsh. The tears? Yeah, and it was at the Elon 7 a.m. tailgate. If I'm not mistaken, he and his family had just recently Correct. moved back to the area, and it was just sort of a surprise to both of you that you each were there. Yeah. And – uh you know that's that's when he he got teary-eyed talking about your relationship, and so I was there for. for well, you're not allowed to bring up it. that story because then I'll get really no, sad. No, man. right? Because as as, uh, as Mike Walsh is explaining our relationship, and he's the guy that went from going to these games with me and looking as healthy as you and I to passing away after a quick battle of with cancer in the spring. I mean, two months after I took the photo, I tweeted on Friday, Mike was gone. So he left behind an amazing wife and Melissa, three great kids, and Colin and Aiden and Charlie. And Alamance Country Club offered to be the venue for this Mike Walsh Memorial Golf Tournament that I attended and played in and took home a few chunks of turf with my unforgettable approach shots and, and <laughs> 7, 8, and 9 irons. I'm good off the tee, Darren. My putting is getting better, but I am still taking up too much terra firma with those approach shots. Uh, we had fraternity brothers. My buddy Jim Houghton came all the way down from Nantucket to be a part of this bill perkins came up from wilmington uh garrick smith there in the triad area was there as an old fraternity brother a guy named rick rossich came all the way up from the charlotte area we raised more than thirty thousand dollars in a day for the educations of the three walsh children in honor and in memory of one of the nicest people i've ever met my late friend mike walsh so thanks to everybody for contributing to that Thanks to DJ and you guys for kind of holding down the fort in my absence on Friday. Uh, just one of the greatest people I've ever met. So the fact that we can support his family in, uh, after he has left us is really meaningful to me. And I thank everybody for being a part of that. On the other side, we'll play more best and worst of the weekend. The golf tournament was a lot of fun. I am also gravelly-voiced today because I have been running around like a chicken with my head cut off for about (laughs) 72 hours. We saw two top five women's soccer teams play on Friday night in Chapel Hill, Carolina over FSU. We had some great dinners and, let's just say, late-night beverages and bottles of wine. Made it to He's Not Here on Franklin Street in Chapel Hill. Saw a band there. Uh, There were some flashbacks to the glory days, Darren. Uh, it was also one of those weekend reminders with Maria out of town that Monday feels differently here in 2019 than perhaps, oh, I don't know, 1989 or 1990. Those Mondays, you with me? You have any morning classes <laughs> yeah. on Mondays? All right. Yeah. Good Good thing the DG show is statewide from noon to 3. We don't have and, any and 8 a.m.s here. No, <laughs> really good thing. Intern Will is taking your calls. Darren Vaught is... A producer extraordinaire, and I am here to share more of my best of the weekend and worst of the weekend as we take yours. one 800 What is the college football playoff picture like look like? How did NASCAR hockey, the NBA, golf, and other things make best of the weekend? We have another championship to celebrate with the North Carolina courage right here in our backyard. We have a heck of a hot hockey team as well. You can be next. What was the best thing you saw? What was the worst thing you saw anywhere in the sports universe? And what made it? Get that 1 800 849 2761 is how you can join us next on the David Glenn Show. Mac Brown of the University of North Carolina. We got to win now. Let's don't start looking
1: at rebuilding. Let's don't talk about how bad we are. Let's don't talk about we're not better than anybody. Let's figure out how to win. And that's what we've done. And, and the coastal, because it's been up in the air every year, why shouldn't we
0: have a chance? Keep it dialed in to the David Glenn Show. Harris. He toss it near the goal line, and it looked like North Carolina picks it off. Chaz Surratt. Surratt with the interception. I mean, how many guys just knocked that down? Chaz Surratt tips it to himself, secures it, and Carolina's going to win this football game. Welcome back to the David Glenn Show. We were there right on the field. We saw the postgame scuffle. We saw the crazy Tar Heel fumble at one end. We saw Duke march down the field, apparently knocking on the door for what would have been the game-winning touchdown. We saw the attempted pop pass. Mac Brown actually said after the game that his defensive coordinator, Jay Bateman, had told his defensive players that Coach Cutcliffe likes to do that in those sorts of goal-line type situations. So Carolina was prepared for it. It came. Chaz Surratt makes the acrobatic interception. Fun fact on that, that as we go to Thomas and Greenville, and yes, for those who asked during the break, I was aware that there were exposed breasts at a World Series game on national TV this weekend. I'm not sure this what this says about me, but I can say this candidly and honestly, and I hope you don't think less of me as we come to your phone calls, 1-800-849-2761. There was a long stretch of my life, Darren. You and I shared a childhood love of baseball, watched it all the time, played it all the time, went to Phillies games all the time. A long stretch of my life where if you had combined high-level baseball action with unexposed breasts i would have called that the best day you could possibly have (laughs) right so fast forward many years in 2019 i have to admit i'm still entertained (laughs) for better or for worse more so the baseball at this point but a flashback to my teenage years It was creative. I don't know if we should give the young woman, you know, the publicity she is seeking. She was seated behind home plate. You know how the camera is framing the home plate, right? So you know if you're in row whatever, you're on the screen. And if you're one row behind that, you're not on the screen. Now, I don't know what she does for a living or how she became famous, social media or otherwise, but she clearly did her homework on where the upper edge of the TV framing is. Because let's just say the, the parts of her, you know, we're all sharing parts of ourselves, Darren. You and I, empty, we empty our hearts and souls here in sports radio land for our fellow citizens and sports fans in North Carolina. She had a different idea about exactly what she wanted to share with the rest of the world. She did her homework, and I couldn't see her head, but I could see the parts of herself that she was hoping to share. You can make that a best of the weekend. Maybe somebody thinks it's a worst of the weekend. I am not so old that I have lost my teenage zest for that baseball-breasts combination. That's the way to start a big week right after the fraternity brothers leave town. Maria's back in town Wednesday. All the fraternity brothers, the last of them, left earlier today. So we can officially turn the page and get on to best and worst of the weekend. Thomas in Greenville, the fun fact, and he has one of these same games on his mind. Do you know where Chaz Surratt, The intercepting game-winning linebacker, perhaps an all-ACC guy for the Tar Heels, converted quarterback, played QB for Larry Fedora, now a star linebacker for the Tar Heels, made the game-saving interception. Do you know where Chaz Surratt was originally going to college? He was going to Duke, and he was going to play quarterback for David Cutcliffe. That is just one more crazy storyline in a game filled with them. As nationally LSU over Auburn, Ohio State over Wisconsin, even Michigan trouncing Notre Dame, or you know, Kansas State upsetting Oklahoma. Those are of course more important in the national picture. But credit to Chaz Surratt, Mac Brown, and the Tar Heels, 2017, the final over the Devils. Credit to Scott Satterfield in Louisville. 28-21, the Cardinals beat coastal-leading UVA. For those who may be wondering, Carolina has three more conference games left. If they can figure out a way to win all three, they're going to the ACC championship game. Now, they could lose all three. Mac Brown would be the first to tell you, every game they've played except their... More convincing win at Georgia Tech has been a nail biter. Every one, heck, there were nail biting moments back to back to back to back to back, as the heels beat Duke at Keenan Stadium, and we were there on Saturday. We'll see. Virginia could bounce back. That's next for the Tar Heels. Pitt is still in the hunt there, right? Virginia Tech is not out of it. It's a it's a chaotic coastal, as expected. Most didn't expect the heels to be in that mix. They're only four and four, remember, but their conference record is such that. With three more conference wins, man, they're going to probably be play, playing the Clemson Tigers for the ACC title. Thomas, welcome to the David Glenn Show. Go ahead with your best or worst of the weekend.
1: Uh, yes, the best of the weekend to me, I was lucky to be there, was the, was the game with UNC and Duke. It's just the, the drama at the end, uh, and it's what college sports is all about. And so, and, uh, regardless of who you were pulling for, of course, I, I think the good guys won. I, I came home and uh, looked at a Roy Rogers movie. Uh, it inspired me to. I like the good guys always won on his uh, <laughs>
0: on his shows. It was great. That's cool. And, and
1: so I enjoyed it. It was just you know and sure I had a stake in it as a fan, but it was fun and shows what uh, college sports is uh, is all about. The worst of the weekend has to be uh, for me for uh, Duke coach to put his hand on another another player if uh, that that's the, if he's way, unless he's unless that player is is, is physically confronting somebody uh, so forth, but. Uh, Anyway,
0: that'll sum yeah, up. And, be, uh, and
1: we'll for those video, we'll let the video take care of that. But uh, yes, yeah, stay on, stay
0: on the stay on the line for one second, Thomas, because I wanted to ask you about the fan experience. Because you know we travel the state. If the Tar Heels are your favorite team, you're probably there all the time. So I just want to ask you about that atmosphere. Because I went to a filled stadium yesterday when the North Carolina Courage won the NWSL title, and it was overflowing. I was on the field Saturday afternoon as Carolina beat Duke in the entertaining way that Thomas just described. I want you to share. How Keenan Stadium is different compared to other years that maybe you were a season ticket holder or went to a lot of games because I've been to Keenan Stadium starting in 1987 and I'm telling you it's been at least 20 years where I have seen Keenan Stadium that full that early that loud that full at the end now close games obviously help people stay but I, I have not seen it consistently in more than two decades, so credit to Mac Brown for that part. And my two cents, and we'll let Thomas answer that fan question, my two cents, for those who don't know, David Cutcliffe is not, uh, Thomas is not talking about Coach Cut grabbing one of his own players. That happens in football all the time. Jordan Tucker is this enormous offensive lineman for the North Carolina Tar Heels, a starter, really good player. And remember, the victory bell is at stake So at the end of a crazy game, the Tar Heel players are running around looking for the victory bell. The Duke players have to leave through one tunnel. The Carolina players are hanging out on the field because they're going to sing and cheer with their fans and ring the victory bell and all that stuff. And unfortunately, some Carolina players crisscrossed with some Duke players and coaches before the Devils got to the locker room. So in Coach Cut's eyes, Jordan Tucker is unnecessarily taunting by going too close to where Duke is exiting the field and yelling whatever, Coach Cutt, I agree with Thomas, there's no reason to extend his arms. Now, it's little David Cutcliffe extending his arms. A push would almost be an exaggeration. But he did, as Thomas said, lay his hands on the Carolina offensive lineman, clearly showing his frustration. I wasn't close enough to hear what they were saying to each other. And, in fact, Jordan Tucker was yelling, you know, kind of, David Cutcliffe is short enough that Jordan Tucker may not have known he was there, right? But Cutcliffe did not like the taunting aspect of it and responded in a way that included physical contact. And I haven't seen any repercussions for either side on that so far, but it was an unfortunate part of an otherwise really entertaining game. Thomas, what could you share about just uh, the vibe in Keenan stadium compared to whatever you're used to? Well, it
1: definitely has has gotten more intense and of course, Obviously, a factor in in, in that, uh, you know, you you have a full uh, stadium, or more closely to a full stadium. Uh, they've, they've lowered the capacity a little bit, and seats are a little more uh, conducive to to comfort or whatever. Yeah. But uh, the noise level, yes, was great, and uh, you just have to, you know, it's, it's no, there's no room for any wine and cheese in there.
0: Yeah, hey, that's well put. Thanks for calling and listening. And Darren, you were somewhere else at the time, but I was, I was seriously. If Dion Jackson of Duke, instead of attempting the pop pass that was intercepted by Chaz Surratt, if he had run to the right sideline on that play and been tackled out of bounds near the pylon, he would have broken my legs, okay? That's how close to the action that I was at the end of that. So I could hear the Carolina fans making an impact. It was hard to hear down there. I was standing next to former UNC linebacker Rick Steinbacher at one end of the field, also a former Carolina broadcaster. He's now an administrator and a really good one. And he's like, man, my heart is about to jump out of my chest. You know, of course, he's a former player. He's wearing Carolina blue. He's a former broadcaster. He's just, I can't believe all this back and forth. And then the fumble happened by the Tar Heels. And then I'm thinking Steiny might have a heart attack right here on the field. <laughs> then we all go to the other end. It, I mean, you never know how much it matters, but Duke was out of timeouts. The clock is still ticking. They weren't exactly pushing the Tar Heels around all day, so it was going to be hard to get that final few yards. I'm thinking maybe they kick a field goal and it goes into overtime. You know, are the Heels going to get seven overtimes this time, you know, after the six against Virginia Tech? It was crazy, dude. But they were at the end of the stadium where all the Carolina basketball players are there. And, you know, it's it's an, it's an enclosed stadium now. The ends used to be much less populated at Keenan Stadium. Now, thanks to the Blue Zone and everything else that they've remodeled, it's not like an SEC stadium, but it's loud down there when you're near the goal line. So credit to Carolina fans, credit to Chaz Surratt, credit to the defensive coordinator, Jay Bateman, who apparently had the heels prepared for the pop pass. You know, the Tim Tebow pop pass goes back to Coach Cutt's time in the SEC, right, when he was at Ole Miss. And I don't remember the exact overlapping there, but Coach, Cat, Coach Cut has had it in his arsenal for a long time. I didn't think he'd pull it out there because there was enough time to rush the field goal team out there if you needed to. Um, But Chaz Surratt made all of that irrelevant. And along with big wins by Alabama, LSU, Ohio State, Clemson, Penn State, and those other undefeated, closer to home, uh, that Carolina victory over Duke was about as big as it gets in this neighborhood. 1-800-849-2761. We'll get to Kevin. We'll get to Bill. We'll get to you. What was the best thing you saw anywhere in the sports universe and what made it that? Jordan Gross We'll drop by to discuss a worst of the weekend. Kyle Allen was horrendous as the young starting quarterback for the Carolina Panthers. But he had plenty of company, and it was a team effort as the 49ers crushed the Panthers 51-13. to Nick Bosa and the Niners best of the weekend, Kyle Allen and the Panthers worst of the weekend. More of your picks on the NFL, college football, a little NASCAR, a little NBA, a little soccer, a little golf. Tiger Woods and Dwight Howard were best of the weekend nominees. We can tell you why on the other side as we welcome your calls, 1-800-849-2761. Everybody will have an opinion on Kyle Allen versus Cam Newton. Maybe you didn't change it after you saw Allen really wilt under the pressure of that San Francisco defense. Putting subjectivity aside, and you're welcome in on that, objectively, I hunted down Kyle Allen's now five starts this year in those statistics and then I hunted down the last five games that Cam Newton played while healthy. So the critics will all say, hey, Cam's last eight starts for the Panthers, they're 0-8. And Kyle Allen's six career starts, they're 5-1, and one, right, dating to last year. I get it. That's, those are al- objective numbers. Now they leave out that Cam was hurt during that 0-8 stretch last year and this year. So I found the last five healthy games for Cam. Compared to these five from this year, healthy games for Kyle Allen, whose numbers look better, those objective numbers with more of your subjective votes, 1-800-849-2761. Next on The David Glenn Show. Mike Malupica, welcome back to The David Glenn Show. Sports used to be called the toy department, and I said, look at
1: the political scene, and, and, and tell me that's any more real or, or more serious than what we see. When people say, oh, stick to sports, well, who passed that law?
0: You're listening to The David Glenn Show. Welcome back to The David Glenn Show. You know what's funny? If we had, Darren, you as the voice of USA Baseball, if we had a baseball-specific podcast after what happened this weekend in that sport. And we're coming back to your calls, football, NFL, and college. A little soccer, shout out to the North Carolina Courage. A little hockey, Carolina Hurricanes dominated Chicago this weekend in their return home from that State Fair road trip. Dwight Howard of the Lakers, Tiger Woods won again on the PGA Tour. It is not a time of year you think of golf, but Tiger tied Sam Sneed on the all-time wins list. He now has 82 career PGA victories. If you and I were on a baseball-specific podcast, as we come to Ben in Chapel Hill, Patrick is in Cary, Bill is in High Point, Kevin is in Greenville, we'll come at you, not necessarily in that order, Nick Bosa and the Niners best of the weekend, Kyle Allen and the Panthers worst of the weekend, I'll give you those numbers that I promised here in a second. If it were a baseball-specific podcast, we'd be talking about the need for robot umpires, And whether that's real or not, there were a couple of really controversial ball strike calls. One went against the Astros, one against the Nationals. I won't go too deep into it. We'll save that for our podcast, Darren, the voice of USA Baseball. We'd be talking about the Astros winning three straight on the road against the other hottest team in baseball. Remember, over the last 100-plus games, the Nationals record is just as good as the Astros. Astros won 107. We all remember that. But since their slow start, the Nationals have been absolutely torching it. They're not just, like, getting hot in the postseason. They've been torching it for months. So now they're the last two standing. We might even be talking about the rarity, and you can't fill a single hand in a sport that's had a World Series dating back more than a century. There are only a few examples of the road team winning five straight games in the seven-game World Series. That's happened, right? Nats won two in Houston. Astros come back this weekend and win all three in Washington. On our podcast, we're exploring all of that and other things. George Springer and Jose Altuve and Alex Bregman with the big grand slam in game four. Zach Greinke got the win. Garrett Cole came back from the loss earlier, his first since like May. And then he beats the Nationals in front of that crowd and those breasts that we described a little bit earlier. Is it Jose Urquidy? Urquidy? Urquidy. Urquidy. This dude this dude had never pitched higher than Class A prior to this baseball season, and he's asked to start on the road a season-threatening type game. It wouldn't have ended their season if they lost. But they play, you know, bullpen roulette, and they win because this young dude who, who had never pitched higher than A. Think about that. He started somewhere where, like, His family, friends, and a 1,000 other people came to see the games. And now he was on the hill to start a World Series. Save all that for the podcast. Do you know what happens out here in general sports land rather than that deep-dive baseball stuff? The president of the United States got booed by the crowd. Breasts were flashed on television. Now, those social media stars, for the record, and aren't they just darlings, they claimed that it wasn't to boost their profiles – it was to raise awareness about breast cancer. Now, aren't they just the selfless, the selfless little darlings? Aren't they? A man holding two beers saw a home run coming his way. And to his eternal credit, I can't say that I'm more impressed by the dude holding the two beers who took a home run ball off his chest on purpose because he would not dare risk the contents of either of those high-priced beers. <laughs> now, for the record, I can't say I was more impressed by that than the bared bosoms from that same weekend of baseball action. However, it's a contender. Uh, maybe the bosoms get the silver. The guy taking the ball off his chest, preserving the beers, gets the bronze. We'll save the gold for actual baseball performances. It was a heck of a game in terms of the baseball But it is often the circus-like sideshow that ends up getting most of the attention, isn't it? 1-800-849-2761. Even the Carolina Duke game, which had a lot of football to discuss, has a lot of people talking about just the craziness on the field at the end with Coach Cutt and Jordan Tucker. It's the circus sideshow that somehow rallies more conversation than the actual baseball or the actual football. Ben in Chapel Hill, welcome to the David Glenn Show. Go right ahead.
1: Uh, David, my best of the weekend is the fans at Chapel Hill. And I'm not just talking about the fact that they were there and they were loud. Even when uh, they fumbled the ball on the three, nobody left in disgust. True, true. They stayed to the game right at the end. But even more than that, the real topper was they, they didn't want to leave after the game was over. They stayed and they stayed and they stayed. They watched all the celebration. They sang the song. Nobody wanted to leave
0: the stadium. It was really neat. You're talking about, let's see, this, the end zone where the band is, opposite end of where the Chaz Surratt interception happened. You could not get within, like, 30 yards of that mass of humanity unless you wanted to catch an elbow in the throat. And they were not just dancing among themselves, as Ben is saying. There were thousands of people. There There were probably... 20,000 people inching toward that end of the stadium just to be a part of it, as some others were leaving because the game was over. But I think you're exactly right, and I I not only believe you, I I was standing there on the field, and I felt exactly what you were describing. Thank you for playing, Ben. Patrick is in carry and next on the David Glenn Show. Hey, Patrick, what's going on? Welcome to the show. Hi. Hi. Sorry, I got a first-time calling, and I got to be quick because I got a tea talking about Thirteen
1: minutes. We're jealous. But I, but I, but I had to get in as I was driving here and listening to the best of the weekend. We we got to give it to the to the Courage. You know, second year in a row winning that championship. What an outstanding team! Outstanding fans. The place was just uh, just just rocking. this. I could hear it on on the call, I could hear it.
0: I was there. I was in section one oh eight with my buddy visiting from Nantucket, who used to. How's this for a fun fact? Worked for the original Carolina Courage the original one for the league that no longer exists. So he's a big soccer head. We were there. We saw the 10,000-plus capacity crowd you're describing. And you're going to miss it, perhaps, although we're available on podcast. Paul Riley, head coach of the North Carolina Courage, the NWSL champions, will be our guest in less than two hours. So we've given our shout-outs to Heather O'Reilly and Jess McDonald. Dabinia was the game MVP, the Brazilian sensation, uh, and a whole lot of others. Abby Dahlkemper, one of my favorites. Uh, they all deserved hat tips because that's an all-star team. It's ridiculous how talented they are. Chicago had about three or four elite players, and if you were there, you know what I mean. Like all 11 people on the field and the substitutes, We're all high-end players for the North Carolina Courage. That's why you win the regular season every year and why now you have back-to-back NWSL championships. More on Tar Heels versus Blue Devils. Aaron Rodgers, Deshaun Watson, Nick Bosa, Bill Belichick, Drew Brees, Gardner Minshew among the NFL. Best of the weekends. I'll get you those Kyle Allen versus Cam Newton numbers as we look forward to Jordan Gross from the Carolina Panthers radio crew still to come on the David Glenn Show. He's the UVA head basketball coach, Tony Bennett. You always believed in us. I guess you were the wind beneath our wings. There you go. How's that? (laughs) Do we have uh, background music? That's right. That's Beth Midler. There we go. You are the
1: wind beneath my wings.
0: Keep it right here on The David Glenn Show. The Texans, the Packers, the Eagles, the Colts, the Saints, and others had statement wins in the NFL this weekend. The Niners walloped your Carolina Panthers. Jordan Gross, legendary lineman, now Panthers broadcaster, joins us to discuss next.